Blog Talk Radio. Radio. I am a Reiki master and certified sound therapist with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where we are streaming to you live as we do every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Our chat room is open, so feel free to join the discussion that's already happening online. Do keep an eye on the chat room, so if you have a question, post it, and we will do our best to get your question on air. As an alternative, for those of you who are on the go and can't continue to listen online, you may call us directly by dialing 347-202-0227 and listen via phone or please use your Bluetooth if you are driving around. And tonight we're going to be exploring the Akashic Records with my guest, Angel Rose O'Grady, a healer who holds certifications in many healing modalities such as Reiki, psychic laser therapy, hypnotherapy to include past life regressions, rebirthing, self 
cellular repatterning, soul retrieval, and of course, reading the Akashic Records. She has worked with whales and dolphins, sacred sites, sacred geometry, planetary physics, and the 2012 Personal Ascension Process. And she is here to discuss her book with us tonight, A Time of Change, Akashic Guidance for Spiritual Transformation. Welcome to the show, Angel. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. How are you being this evening? I'm <laughs> fantastic. I'm I'm over here in San Diego where it's uh, just three o'clock. So, <laughs> so thanks for having me on. I'm really happy to be here tonight. Oh, I'm very excited. Your book is absolutely fascinating. I love the format, the variety of topics you chose to include. It is so very easy to read as well as understand. And you have quite a story to tell, so I have a boatload of questions, and I just know we're not going to get to all of them. So I would very much like to start our discussion by first asking if you would please tell our listeners how your spiritual journey began. Okay. Uh, Well, it began when I was 19, and I was married to a gentleman from high school, and he was killed three months later at his job. Uh, Somebody came in to, to rob him and shot him. So up until that point, I would have been content to be a mom and have kids, but that event changed my life because uh, I was very unclear about the details of the evening, and I went to my first psychic, who became my first teacher, and that really started me on a path because all of a sudden I was in the world of life after death and angels and the soul and what happens when we die and where was he and all of that, and from there I um, got interested in consciousness, uh, especially anything that had to do with the fact that your thoughts created your reality and that you were unlimited. I I loved that whole idea. So I I taught myself the tarot after that. I moved around quite a bit, and I got into the tarot, taught myself, ended up doing, you know, the whole circuit of psychic fairs and teaching and all of that, and in between there, uh, I got into rebirthing because I, when I read about Sandra Ray and read her books, I just loved the whole <clears throat> the whole idea of physical immortality. And um, because I had always remembered that since I was small, that we weren't supposed to die. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm getting over that chest thing that everybody's got. Okay, so oh, sorry about the voice. <laughs> Not a problem. Okay, but, you know, it just kind of brought me up through a lot of different modalities. I, I didn't start to do healing until... I had a dream one night where these uh, two female beings came to me and um, gave me something to drink. And next thing you know, I was going through all these underground tunnels underneath the earth in what I call a liquid silver train. It's because that's how fast it was going. But they brought me underneath the platform of the Great Pyramid at Giza. And next thing you know, I was in some crystal city and they told me that I was part of the Rainbow Bridge and I was going to be a healer. And that actually started um, a whole line of healing experiences for me. Uh, I had a friend who was a Reiki master, and she called me up the very next day and offered to attune me to all the levels of Reiki for free. And that was strange. So I did that, but I never really practiced on anyone. We just got together as practitioners together and gave each other Reiki once a week. But uh, this one evening, probably a couple months later, uh, when I looked down on the person at the table, all of a sudden I was seeing past life clothing on them. And next thing you know, everybody, each person who lay down, I was seeing all these really weird things in their energy field. <laughs> and Reiki wouldn't remove it. And um, so as it happened, a teacher showed up again about a month later who was teaching a particular form of psychic surgery. And turns out that all the things I were seeing were all the things that she taught me how to remove. And that mm-hmm. ended up being my practice for 12 years. I, I did nothing but psychic surgery on people and cleared their fields for them. So, But in between that time, too, I'd be meditating and, you know, went through a couple more marriages and had kids <laughs> and uh, studied the Course of Miracles for many, many years and... Um, but I would spontaneously find myself in my own Akashic records. And the, I was frustrated because I couldn't get myself in there on my own. You know, it was always either brought about by a guide who wanted to show me something about a lifetime or teach me something that I needed to know. And So anyway, I took a course to learn how to get into the records consciously. And once I did that, 
Uh, I stopped doing tarot readings. I did only Akashic readings for 15 years. And the groups began in Ireland when we were in we were, we were in Ireland in 2009. And I just had so many clients who were asking so many bigger questions about the world and suicide and what's going on with everything. They were, you know, just very confused. So we decided to hold groups, uh, which was a forum where people could come, and I would open the records, and they would just ask those types of questions. And that's how it all got started. That it's it's fascinating. The synchronicity is fascinating, you know, because everything came to you as it was supposed to, and pretty quickly. Yes, it it's is, not yes. like you had to wait for too long. That's very cool. But I want to make sure that everyone is fully aware, and 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 we're all on the same page. So I think it may be best to start with the basics. Would you mind telling our listeners just exactly what are the Akashic records? Yes. Okay. The Akashic records are is really a process that is embedded in creation that records everything that happens. And <clears throat> But people have probably heard of Edgar Cayce, who was a sleeping prophet, who would go into a hypnotic trance and access this particular plane of existence where all this knowledge was. And what, he, what was found out was that every person, um, their soul records every single lifetime. In fact, every little minutest detail of all of your lives is recorded in a plane in spirit. But the best way I can explain it is when you hear about people who have a near-death experience and they say that they see their life flash in front of them, what's really happening is their records are unfolding for them when they're ready to cross over. <clears throat> you don't have to wait for that to happen, but it's an easy way to explain what it is. Mm-hmm. But my experience of it, really is that that information is everywhere. You know, I think it's in the cells of your body. I think it's in trees and rocks and stones. And um, I just think it's a level of communication that we can all achieve um, to be able to understand bigger things and ask questions and receive answers. So to me, you know, it is the process of history being recorded or creation being recorded. Um, But I think it's accessible to everybody. Excuse me. It's accessible to everybody, but not everyone else's records is accessible. It's not like the internet where you put something on it and everybody can see it, right? <laughs> well, it, you know, I answer that question in two ways. <clears throat> on the one hand, all knowledge is available to everybody, okay? But on the other hand, when it comes to a person, what'll happen is if you're nosing around and it's none of your business and you try to access somebody's records, you'll just see a blank screen. You won't see anything, okay? Now, when I'm doing a private reading for somebody, very often they're going to ask me about another person or people. And oftentimes I can access that information. I don't go into the other person's records. I'm still in my client's records. But what happens is that if people in your life are connected to you and your soul journey in some way, then oftentimes... I will be shown information that will be helpful to you in understanding that relationship or what, where you guys came from or who you were to each other because 99% of everybody you meet you've known before. Mm-hmm. So it, it's pretty comprehensive that way. But I always, you know, I would never go nosing around. <laughs> well, no, that's I, good. I, it's completely unethical to do that in my opinion. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, when when you get into the field of the Akashic Records, you yourself, is that mm-hmm. akin to a psychic getting into a person's energy field, only you're going much, 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 much deeper? Because not everybody well, can do that. Yeah. yeah, I know. It might be similar. Um, the thing, though, that I do have to say, that the Akashic field is at a really strange frequency band because when I learned how to read the records, it was really... Uh, a prayer that was taught, and other people have learned this too, but it it was an old Mayan prayer that got converted into English. And what was strange about it was that the minute you say it, and you say it, you know, properly, you're suddenly in this other frequency. And this other frequency, it took me actually a few weeks to get used to it. It wasn't anything that I'd ever felt before. So it's very different than tuning into somebody psychically because, What's there is also the relationship of us to everything else. In other words, there's a purpose to the Akashic Records in the sense of 
showing you a purpose to life or a meaning to life. And so the vibration of it is, it is much holier and much more sacred. It feels different. So it's not strictly somebody who can be reading uh, a particular person's energy because it does go deeper in the sense that it, it does get to the relationship part. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And okay. in your book, you you said that um, when people ask if they can change the Akashic Records, you cannot change them, but you can add to them. However, any questions that you ask at the time about predictability, let's say for the future, are mm-hmm. only answering the question for that moment in time because you can change it, which is very similar to a psychic reading. A psychic can say to you, you know, you're going to move to Kalamazoo, and you say, no, I'm not, and then you won't. So right. is, is that kind of – am I making sense? Is that kind of um, – mm-hmm. okay, go well, ahead. Well, you know, when I, was taught, when I was taught to read the records, the people who taught me told me that you couldn't, you couldn't predict the future with the records. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that because okay. – you know, as you know, what you can see is a timeline somebody's heading down, okay? So, but I think what's different, you know, so to answer your question, yes, a psychic can look at po- probabilities as well, and depending on the way they deliver their message to the client, they they can say, well, you know, anything can be changed and this isn't destiny, Do you know? Anybody right. can say that. Right. Okay. But the difference is is that when you're in the records and you're speaking to a person's mentors, they're really, really careful about telling a person, you know, where they're headed. You know, they'll always, the difference is, is they answer every question based on if your soul will um, progress forward in a positive way or if it will digress by certain decisions. And it will never tell you what to decide. It will always leave it up to you. And you can see probabilities. You can see many probabilities. Just like you can for the earth right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so in a way it is similar to a psychic reading. It's just that it's answered from a from a soul perspective. It takes that into account. Okay, where are this is kind of a strange question, but I'll ask it. Where are these records located, and who oversees them? All right. Well, like I mentioned earlier, to me the records are really everywhere, even though. I guess what I'm saying is that that particular frequency band, you know, wouldn't really have a location. You know, it's it's kind of, I mean, I actually think all frequencies really are non-local, really, okay? Mm-hmm. But it, it's just an ability to access that particular frequency, which, like I say, you could be holding a stone in your hand from the river and all of a sudden find yourself in a field of knowledge that you weren't in before. You know, you could meditate and access it. You could say the prayer and access it. So, you know, to me, they're located throughout all of creation, even in the cells of your body. And which makes sense because we're all from source. So to me, it's like there's, it's it's located in source, which is everywhere, if that if that That's makes right. sense. Yes, it um, absolutely does. Yes. But there are it, it all that is. There, yes, exactly. And there are keepers of these records, Correct. There are uh, beings that do oversee uh, the records, absolutely. But I, what I put in that book, and I needed to clarify that because uh, Source basically answered those questions and said there weren't there weren't lords, let's say that you had a, you had to ask permission of. You know, mm-hmm. that's a lot of people think that, but that's not really what happens. Um, there are beings that do protect those particular frequencies from infiltration from other frequencies. So there's definitely overseers, but there are not beings who say, yes, you can access. No, you can't. I mean, that hasn't been my experience. Okay. Now, one thing that you mentioned in the book was that we come here to find joy. And I get that. I've heard it before and and I believe it, but I have friends who are mediums and they often will say, you know, a person is on the other side and everything is good, they're fine, they feel no pain, they're happy. And my mm-hmm. response is always, well, goody for them, but seriously, if it's all that great over there, <laughs> what possesses us to take this journey here in the first place when it sounds like we already found the joy that we were looking for over there 
is it a case of the grass is always greener? Because I have to say, there are times I think to myself, what was I thinking? You know, the next time I need to pay right. more attention to the fine print before I decide to incarnate. And I'm just wondering if, you know, you mentioned also about this fall from paradise. Is is right. that interrelated to why we're trying to come here to find joy? Okay, well, there's a few few answers in there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'm overly excited about your book. <laughs> Uh, that's okay. That's okay. Well, you know, if I first have to say that, you know, I see people who've crossed over as well, and I don't always find every single person in a happy place. Okay, there there are souls that don't go to the light. There are souls that are stuck. Uh, there are souls that are doing nothing but being in a healing plane for a long period of time, depending on what's gone on with them. But what I what I can really say is is that it really becomes an issue of perfection and God realization, okay? Because what we're all really trying to do is really kind of become masterful so that we can become like God. Now, even though we're created in God's image, a lot has happened. You know, you're really created as a spark of light that comes off of source. And that spark of light you know, begins a journey, and not every sparks of light are the same. You know, some are small and some are big, and, you know, then there's all sorts of physics that go on in terms of what gets attracted to what and what happens uh, to a spirit along its journey. But ultimately, you know, the truth is, is we all come from this incredible eternal life field of love. And we have we have fallen quite a bit from that. We have digressed quite a bit, mm-hmm. some some of it not from our own doing. And so you find yourself, you know, in a in certain levels, let's say certain frequencies that are all of a sudden, you know, you're forgetting. You're, you're forgetting who you were in the, in the beginning. Uh, you've lost a lot of your ability to uh, have a particular spiritual thrust, let's say. So th- there's a lot to it because we have to remember there's billions and billions of years of history going on here and the human being and earth herself in fact all planets they all function at their own particular frequency and there's life forms on each planetary system that match the frequency of the place so a lot of us do come in into different systems at different times to basically evolve the life there because ultimately what source wants is everything to become an eternal life system that's really what the goal of source is, because that is what source is. All right, but not every planet is at that place, and the life forms are not at that place. So some of us, some of us, in fact, many of us, deliberately choose to come down here um, at particular times to evolve the planet and try to get it back uh, or raise it up, you know, to to a higher um, evolution, uh, a higher frequency, so that it's more Christ-like. And in its frequency and the way it deals and the way it works with nature and life. So does that kind of explain it to you? I mean, others, others here, well, here, let me go on to this for just a second, T-Love, because mm-hmm. not everybody's here to do that mission. Other people are here just because they're in a cycle of reincarnation. And, you know, you will hear in some of the religions where they'll say, Our reincarnation isn't real, it doesn't happen. And the truth is, is it wasn't necessary originally. It, it's happened because we've digressed and we've lost a lot of our spiritual abilities. So when people have a lifetime, you know, the law of love still operates where you're just always given opportunities to choose higher and higher and higher. And depending on how you do, you know, you you evolve your own consciousness and your own soul but when you die, very often a lot of us go to particular spiritual planes, but we certainly haven't achieved mastery. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you, go to, you go to light and you, you heal and you have an assessment and you take a look at how you are and how, well, how close to becoming uh, the father, just to use that, for example, by the way. But how, mm-hmm. how close are, are you in, in becoming a father in and of yourself? a creator, a creator like God creates. And you have an assessment. And then you look at people you didn't forgive and people you have 
uh, courts connected to, and oftentimes you'll choose to come back and have opportunities to resolve those. So it's, it's a it's a process, but I think we have to remember that there's a lot of different dimensional levels where life is happening. And, you know, light beings do incarnate in different systems in order to evolve the life there. I mean, Earth, Earth itself in the beginning was a swirling mass of light. And beings came from source to say, okay, what can we do with this? And how do we seed life here? And on and on it goes. And on and on it goes. Yeah, it makes You know, I'm so far from being that father thing. It isn't even funny. <laughs> well, I'll be back many times, I'm sure. <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, well, the, right other, in- the other thing, too, the other thing, too, let me just mention, in this solar system, our chakras are a representation of different spheres that are in our solar system. And many of us have traveled to different planets in various lifetimes in order to learn about a particular system or seed life on those planets or learn about their particular frequency. And if you think about it, really, you know, we're where we're going to end up is we're going to become the all that is. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and, the, and the all that is means that, that at some point, you know, you you experience the all that is. And Earth is one place um, that's to be experienced. And I always tell people, I get so many people who, who will say to me, this is my last lifetime, isn't it? And uh, <laughs> I'll say, not not until you love the Earth. <laughs> you know, you you got to love all levels uh, of life. I mean, that's part of the part of the lesson is to to love all of creation and you know if you if you have angst with certain places and you're you know you have hatred in your heart you can be sure you're going to go back there Mm, yeah yeah you can't yeah no you have to come from a place of love and live from from your heart and you know that's hard that's very hard to do as human beings but you can do it it is a choice it is a choice (laughs) to make you know um and but yeah, oh, it is. It's much easier to do that than it is to go the other way. Uh, you know, <laughs> you write in great depth about the fall from paradise that altered life on Earth and mm-hmm. the ramifications from that. <clears throat> right. And I think you pretty much just spoke to the ramifications from that, where we are right now. But the fall from paradise itself, do you want to explain that a little bit? Yeah, and, and that was different. And let me just back up and tell people where the question or how that answer came about because it was a it was a question when people were asking, who am I and why are we here? And uh, it was the biggest group we had, and everyone, I think, was hoping for a personal answer to that question. But Source went right to when this planet was formed, and I it called it the first swirlings. And I actually saw this planet as a beautiful sphere of light, and I saw light beings coming from... God source, check it out, okay? And and so they were, you know, starting to develop life here. And next thing you know, I see this huge cosmic wave just come through the universe and hit hit this sphere. And when it did so, uh, a piece of it, a huge piece of it actually fell out of its orbit. And as I saw that happen, I saw the frequency of it started to change and over time, you know, it was acted on by bodies uh, outside itself, so it it slowed in vibration. And when it did split, though, some of the beings that were on the planet went with it. Uh, just just like if we had a catastrophe here and somebody's in a particular location, you know, uh, mm-hmm. where it's happening, they may fall with it, all right? So what happened is... Um, of course, a third of the piece remained in its original frequency. So those light beings that were on the piece that didn't fall kept coming to the fallen piece to try to save, really, um, the beings that were there and the the piece of the planet itself because it was now falling into a denser and denser uh, vibration and a slower and slower rotation. So it was losing um, a lot of the original abilities and power that people were, didn't have the same gifts. So, and again, you need to be thinking billions and billions of years of this, okay? Mm, yep. so, so, you know, what would happen is that periodically these, the original beings kept coming here on missions uh, to try to get the frequency back and raise this piece back up. And what they would do is they'd come in in certain... Um, opportune cycles where the potential 
for the for that type of resurrection was greater, and they didn't always succeed. And in fact, um, the reason they haven't succeeded is because once this planet started to slow, this piece anyway, you you suddenly had uh, beings from other races who were who were already at low vibrations, and they came here and they went, "Wow, what a great place to colonize!" You know, let's let's set up camp. So now mm. you had a whole mixture, you know, mm-hmm. of other races in here, um, c- you know, controlling the earth, taking over things, experimenting with life forms. Uh, and so there, when people talk about the battle between light and dark, really that's what's happening. Is There's these original beings who keep coming here to say, hey, everybody, you know, we got to get back, and this is how you have to get back. It's not just a biological process. It's a consciousness process. And then you've got these other beings who are here that say, hey, wait a minute, you know, I've lived there for thousands and billions of years, and we kind of like the way it is. And so there's always a war, you see, Uh between light light and dark happening. Okay, but you see, what happened to the consciousness of us is that once two events happened, you know, you had a paradise situation, and then it fell, and now all of a sudden, you know, bodies were made after the frequency. So in other words, what I'm saying is that, you know, the fallen piece had its own particular frequency now. So the life forms, you know, had to be created to match that. So now we find ourselves in bodies uh-huh. and we and we think this is us. And we do whatever <laughs> we, think we this can. Is us. <laughs> yeah, we think this is us and we think we have to do everything we can to preserve it. Okay, so now you've got a conflict you see in your consciousness because there's a part I bet you if you asked everybody if deep down they have some memory that things were paradisical at one time, okay, or when people say, I don't belong here, I want to go home, it's because they have a memory that it wasn't like this. We weren't in this suffering and death and this pain and this, even our minds ourselves. I mean, how many times during the day do we flip back and forth between Judgment and love, judgment and love, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, yes. Okay, yes. well, it shows the dualistic mind we have now. And mm-hmm. it's because part of us is trying to identify ourselves with a physical self that judges and separates. And yet there's another part of us that says, hey, wait, you know, I remember something else. And so people are perpetually in conflict about their own identity because of that. So, you know, what Source told us is we have to understand that you have a choice. You can't, you can't believe in two identities of yourself and, and expect to be happy because it won't work. All right? You, you have to decide who you are. You're either, you're either a physical self who's separate from everybody else in a body who's got to build a self-concept to make itself real, or you're a spiritual being that was created, you know, from a loving presence and you're still intact with unlimited abilities and possibilities, and you have to decide which one are you, because uh-huh. that will determine that will determine um, how you go in your life. Okay. Yes, and I agree with you. And when people come in and, and I'm working with them, and they'll say things to me like, you know, they feel like there's so much negativity coming to them, and it's grasping on. And I'll say to them, no. Nothing can grasp onto you because you are love. You are made from love. All you need to know is it's never you. It's never you. You just send love and light to whatever it is, and it will it will start to transform and transmute. You cannot take it on if you don't want to. However, if you don't do that, yeah, you can take on what you know anything and and deal with it in, in your way. But we are from love. We are made from love. We're all connected. We all everything we do impacts each other. And if you think about that when you're doing things, you'll probably do things a little bit differently. And, and I only well, am using the word yeah. probably because not everybody will care. <laughs> well, it's true. It's, it's mm-hmm. true. And, you know, and the difficulty, too, is that everybody is at such a different level of consciousness that, you know, when I do readings for people, I mean, sometimes you look at their their soul journey and sometimes maybe they're just here to have a family. Okay? They're not really here to uh, send back home in their consciousness. And the thing is, is, that's the thing about God source, you see. God source will say, Okay, you know, really we're living on fallen earth. I mean that's that's the truth, okay? Mm-hmm. And you know, but source basically just looks at all its creations and, and has no judgment about any of it. 
And, it, and that's the reason why you could take a million lifetimes before you ever decide that you want to go home to love. And mm-hmm. Source will just, you know, stay back there patiently and say, okay, you know, take as long as you want because ultimately it's got to be your own choice. Mm. That's the that's the thing uh, about us is that because God's horse is love, which means it's it's freedom, freedom and allowance, that source isn't going to choose anything for us. It all has to be from our own willingness and our own desire. So you're right. There's lots of people who don't really have that desire. No, it's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. We are talking with Ann Gail Rose O'Grady, author of A Time of Change, Akashic Guidance for Spiritual Transformation. And you can learn more about Ann Gail by visiting her website, www.angailrose.com. And I'm going to spell that for you. It's A-I-N-G-E-A-L, Rose, R-O-S-E dot com. Okay, I wanted to talk for a little bit about Technology. Technology is constantly <laughs> changing, and we are becoming so dependent upon it for just about everything. And there are some people who cannot live without their magic phones or their magic little music player or their iPads or all yeah. that stuff that keeps them yeah. informed and connected. And I can't help right. but think that this is keeping them separated from from what it is the work that needs to be done here and and. It, it, does that come up in the records at all? Does anything about technology come up and how that may be holding us back? It's bringing us forward in many ways, but I believe it's holding us back in other ways. Well, I think how we can answer that question, and, you know, first of all, yes, it has come up. And there is a whole chapter in the book where Source actually warns us about technology. Mm-hmm. And the reason, the reason it does so is it's really the difference between real and artificial. Okay, so... You know, Source reminded us that inside of us, we have a crystal network that is designed to allow us to be able to communicate with all life everywhere. All right, so it calls it, let's just say it's our telepathic system, okay? But really, those crystals inside of our own network are a body of information. And not only that, they can change the rate that they spin, and when they change the rate that they spin, they allow us to experience other realities and other dimensions, really an unlimited expansion of knowledge and consciousness. Okay, so what Source is saying is that technology, on the other hand, artificializes everything. In other words, anything that's going to take you away from the truth of yourself or your own abilities and says, use this instead, become dependent on this instead. Okay, and people are getting used to that so that mm-hmm. they they don't even know how to think for themselves anymore. And just a, just a small example is, is that now you can, you know, you don't even have to remember your email address. You don't have to remember any of your passwords. You could just go on to something and put it somewhere and the computer will automatically stick it there for you. You don't have to remember phone numbers. Okay, so stuff like that, then you go back and all of a sudden the computer crashes and you go, oh, my God, I can't remember. <laughs> how do I call this person? You know? Okay, so and that's just a small example, but the other thing about it, you see, is that technology functions at a particular frequency rate that actually lowers the immune system. So on the one hand, yes, I'm talking to you today through technology, and I've written my books on the computer, you know? Mm -hmm. But I could still handwrite my book if I wanted to. You know, if I really needed to get it out, I could still do that. Or I could still, you know, use a landline and call you up on a regular phone, okay? Mm-hmm. Correct. But but the point is, is, is that the negative powers that be do know all, they know all about frequency bands, they know about brain waves, and they do know how to pulse things through TVs and technology and cell phones that damage and weaken your immune system. And people really need to be aware of that. I mean, they've already proven that cell phones cause brain tumors. And, uh, you know, TV is obviously hypnotic. And not only that, they program through images and frequencies so that they do know how to alter our moods now. They know how to make us depressed. They know how to make us fearful. They're doing it not just through technology but through um, artificial storms, and that's another whole conversation, okay? Uh Right. Source would prefer that we instead practice to <clears throat> activate 
our own crystal network inside our body. You know, and it did suggest that, you know, if you have friends across the planet or friends in your own city, why don't you practice telepathy with each other? Why don't you just start to build that network inside yourself so that if something did happen and you can't rely on your computers anymore, you know, that you're still able to send and receive messages and, you know, be a part of the communication of nature, really. It's nature, okay? And I Mm -hmm. do have a real fear of people who get really, really disconnected from nature because nature nature is really where that whole grid network is. And, you know, I'm just saying that the things that artificialize us and take us away from our own internal abilities is, you know, we got a huge red flag from source about that. Yeah. And and I think there's a balance. I mean, if you, you know, you need to use technology, for instance, to check emails because this is how everyone communicates and you need to use a telephone to schedule appointments and do things like that. But you also need to take the time to meditate during the day, to go out for a walk, to ground yourself, yeah. to do some earthing, yeah. all of those mm-hmm. things. And that will negate some of the the uh, energies that you have that are negative that are coming from the you know, the technology that we use. It's interesting because there are some people that I talk to on a darn near regular basis. I mean, I'm talking almost daily. And those are the people that you'll call up and say, oh, I know you were doing this, or I know that we have telepathy between ourselves simply because you're yes. so very much in contact with that other person. Uh, so that mm-hmm. that's really kind of interesting. There was another chapter you, you devoted to... Um, on suicide, what happens? Does a suicide victim go to purgatory? Um, all of that. It was a, it's a whole chapter that you devote to it, and that was really quite interesting because, I mean, I think almost everybody knows people who have committed suicide, and we do wonder, you know, what does happen with them, and and is that soul? Um, are they creating karma that they have to come back and and relive the life that they lived with the people they lived with, or or make it will be worse for them. Yeah, what's well, your take on that? Yeah, I got different levels of answers for you on that one too. Okay, so from the level of source, you know, source embraces every everything in creation with love. So it's no different if somebody takes their own life and ends their contract. You know, source is not going to judge that person. That just does not happen in source. Period. Okay. But there is another law. It's called the law of attraction, where like attracts like. And really, if we understood that, we'd know that there's there's no escape from ourselves. There isn't anything we can do that really will take us away from the, the what the soul, how the soul wants to evolve and how it wants to be tempered. So, you know, when people commit suicide, they get a life review just like everybody else. I've talked to many souls who've crossed over and many of them, regret what they've done after they see their life review and they look at the other choices that they could have made. And then there's others that, you know, they're glad they're where they are, even though they know that it is not an escape from the things that you still need to learn. So will they need to come back? Yes, they're going to have to come back. And, you know, I, I don't call it creating karma. I just say, you know, that every person is given challenges and tests in life. And our choices are what determines if we evolve as a soul or if we stagnate or if we digress. So somebody who opts out of their contract, I mean, really under the laws of free will, they're allowed to. And, you know, that's just the truth of it. We're all allowed to choose whatever we want. But it's not going to change the fact that at some point they're still going to have to master the things that they couldn't master here. You know, it's just the way it is. What about, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I mean, I understand about contracts and and people opting out. I'm thinking in the past, I'm going to say probably since like 2007, I have noticed personally when you pick up the newspaper and you look at the obituary page, it seems to be getting bigger and bigger. And I'm thinking that a lot of contracts are coming up between 2007 and now, and it just feels like that's happening a lot. Have you noticed that? Is there anything about that? Yeah. Well, there are, you know, a lot more people opting out than ever before. And somebody did ask me the question once, if somebody could have made a contract to commit suicide, um, and I source answered that and said no, 
But that, that okay. that's not a contract somebody would make, okay? Okay. Yep. All right. So that's not set up that way. But but I think what's happening is the pressure's on, you see? Mm-hmm. And you know, we got light come we've got light that's coming in here that's bringing up anything unlike itself and we're all feeling it because everybody's unhealed stuff is coming up and coming out and so now you you've got a collective world pressure, you see. We've got all, yes. all this unhealed stuff floating around there. <clears throat> Many of us are experiencing is a deep grief or sorrow. And especially if you've got people who are sensitives, um, they're going to feel it even more. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people who opt out um, can't handle the pressure. And some of them are being attacked by um, dark forces. I know that that's happening. That mm-hmm. there really is a war going on to, to steal as many souls as possible right now. So some of them are leaving because of possessions. And, it, and when I say, when I'm saying using the word opt out, I'm not using it in the way of the traditional somebody will commit suicide, but I am seeing people who are getting killed, who are, you know, increases in car accidents, skiing accidents, yeah. um, strange, strange ways for people that it's like, wow, you didn't hear about that. And then all of a sudden three people in a row die, you know, from a head injury yeah. or from a fall. It's, it, yeah. it, it's, it's opting out, but it probably is part of their contract. It, the well, contract cases, probably is up, right? In those cases, probably yes. Yeah, in those okay. cases, yes. Yeah. yeah, it just yeah. seems like a lot of people's contracts are coming up now and have been for the yeah. past, like, six years. It, it, yeah, I don't know if that's to do 2012 yeah, or what, what. Well, yeah, and I think what's happened, too, is that there has been agreements where some of us have come in and we've said, okay, if things aren't going a certain way by this time, ah, okay. uh, we'll leave. Do you know what I mean? We can, we, we can opt out, yes. Yep. We can opt okay. out, but sometimes they're opting out because there's a need for more spiritual energy from the other side. I was just going to ask you because um, yeah. I have a sister-in-law who passed away in 2009 very mm-hmm. suddenly. Very suddenly, mm-hmm. very strangely, it, it just was odd. And I thought, you know, I'm thinking she can probably do more work from the other side than this side. Yeah. And then I was told that yeah. by a psychic medium. And, yeah. and she said, you know, she's she's on the other side to help you. And I'm like, well, unless she's pulling out a vacuum cleaner or something, she's not helping me. So I need some help with keeping up with what's going on in the house. You know, I'm busy. <laughs> so, you know, I but I do, I mean, I'm, you know, that's just to put a little bit of humor in. But I mean that I really do believe that a lot of people who are opting out, are opting out at this time because it wasn't going the way it was supposed to here, and they can do more work from the other side to help this planet. Well, that is true. In fact, I lost my own sister suddenly in in a very strange way, too, a few years back. And um, it was just the oddest thing. You know, she ended up with this weird autoimmune disease and was dead in six months. But mm-hmm. when she when she crossed over and I saw her, she was busy, busy, busy. It was like... And she was working with all these sacred geometries, and the message was, you know, she had to hurry up and get certain geometries in place. And I think that's, you know, an example. And she kind of scolded me, too, because at the time I was taking a bit of sabbatical. (laughs) Oh, oh, yeah, you can't slow down. She's going to (laughs) work. So I heard her say, get going, get, you know. (laughs) So she's cracking a whip from the other side. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so there are there are lots of souls that when I, when you do check in on them, you know that they're mm-hmm. doing really really important things. Yeah, yeah, to help yeah. Them. And I've heard that from a couple of people, uh, a couple of mediums that I know who have said, "No, this one's over there, and she's very busy. There's a lot going on." I'm thinking, really, she's busy, <laughs> you know? But I'm <laughs> just talking. Yeah, you know. <laughs> now, what about when again? I'm going going to go back to technology a bit. What about when we keep people alive by machine? You know, the body's broken down, yes, but the brain is still transmitting to the body, but it can't function. Is that interfering with the person's journey, or is that part of the journey that they chose to to be on, kept on a machine? No, I think that's part of the journey, okay, because I think at some point they know um, that that's going to happen to them later on in their life. And the thing about that. Is, is you know how you know that that's true is because if you look at all the weird ways people die, and then you'll see somebody who been in the worst accident possible and should not have lived, okay, uh-huh. and that person is living through something miraculously, 
And sources really said that really a person's death is their own decision. And the truth is, too, is you could put people on all, all sort of artificial means to keep them alive. But if their soul wants out, it'll pull itself out. Okay. And that's that's just the truth, you know? Right. And a lot of times they're staying back for different reasons. And sometimes people who are um, on life supports, I mean, they're busy traveling over to other dimensions and they're coming back and, you know, there's reasons why they're kind of leaving slowly, but they're going back. It's the same with Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's people are out of their out of their consciousness half the time, over on the other side, and then coming back. And so sometimes, too, I see that it is they're still burning off a little bit of karma. Sometimes I see that it's because of the people who are here still. So there's lots of reasons why a soul is taking its time to actually leave. Okay. Now, one of the questions in the book, as I said, I love the format because it is a question and answer, a question and answer format, you know, questions to source and source responding. So one of the questions was, would stem cells be beneficial in helping to keep people alive longer? And the answer from source was yes, and it will lead scientists to discover other benefits of stem cells. I get that part, which, way, which they wouldn't discover if they didn't do the research. Yeah, I get that. But how... Yeah. How can people be kept alive longer if they come in with a contract with a specific end date? Well, you see, they would be coming in with a contract knowing that there was something was going to be discovered to keep them alive longer. So it would be an okay. open-ended contract, sort of, if we can put it in well, like legally. Well, many people do have many people do have open-ended contracts, actually. Okay. You know, not not everybody has a particular date. You know, what what happens quite often is people are given opportunities to leave. Uh-huh. And a lot of that, a lot of that depends on how much of your own um, karma you've cleaned up, or let's say how much of your own contract you've completed. So let's say, you know, I've had a few of them. You know, where, you know, maybe back in my 40s, you know, I was shown that I had completed a lot of my um, my contract, and I could opt to go or stay. In fact, that's happened three or four times to me, and I've always opted to stay. And I've read a lot of people too where they're at that choice point where they uh-huh. can either go. Okay, so, but then there are other people who say, on this day, I'm out, and that's it, you know? Okay. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have an open-ended contract because I'm here to learn patience, and it's not going well. So until <laughs> I learn it, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> you know, just, this is just not happening, you know? And I know there's a, there's a friend of mine is listening, and she's laughing right now, and she's probably thinking, oh, yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you a question that's kind of a strange one. You've been in the records a number of times for other people, and I'm sure for yourself and for the world at large. Do the records have a final chapter? Is there an end time, or are you not allowed to know that? An end time to the earth? To be an end time to whatever all this is, this total growth and everything. I mean, what's, you know? Yeah, you know, I honestly don't believe creation ever ends. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't, I haven't not asked it. I haven't asked that question, is there an actual end time? That's a good question to ask, and I will I will bring it to the records, okay, because I haven't asked source that particular question. But I just know that creation is ever-expanding, and mm-hmm. because it is, it means that there's no limit to us either. So, you know, I, I don't ever see creation ending. I don't really see that the planet has to end either. Okay, you know, and I'm being careful with my words here. Yes. It doesn't have to end. I mean, can we right. destroy it uh, sure. so that life can't live here? Yeah, we can do that, you know. We're actually doing a pretty good job of it right yeah, now. I was just going to say, we're doing a great job. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we are, you know. We're killing off bees and, and things that yep. are absolutely necessary for our, our food production and our life here. So it's precarious at the moment. But on the other hand, you do have people who are, uh, developing technology that cleans air and, and cleans soil. But, you know, to, whenever I look at our own planet, to me, anything's still possible, you know. Because and, and I think during at this time there is more consciousness raising information available to people and more people are holding on to that because people do want to learn and grow and there is an effort. And I think it's, yeah. it's a good effort and people are, are paying attention to the fact that these things are going on and we need to make changes. And I really think that some of the things that are happening in the world are us. Uh, we, we 
I think we bring everything in, but we haven't been paying attention. We've been doing things wrong, no. so we keep getting hit, and then we get hit again, mm-hmm. and then we get hit again. Mm-hmm. And finally, it's to the point where now we've got people all over the country talking about the gun laws, and we're talking about all these other things, and, and how can we make changes to make things better. And that's probably good. So we're at a position right now where we're seeing the changes for the better, but we've got to get through it, you know, and the only we way do. to get... and We do, and we actually do have to you know, put a voice out there because, you know, what source, what you're just describing source would say is where we've all been is in mediocrity. Mm-hmm. I would say we've, we've been living in mediocrity and accepting mediocrity for ourselves and that love, love holds very high standards. Love holds the highest, highest, healthiest, you know, most win-win, most beautiful, beneficial outcome for everyone. And, you know, it, it's asking us to take a look at when we make choices in our lives and the things that we obey or the things that we say yes to that we know are not the highest choices. You know, it's kind of saying, well, you deserve what you get, even though that, right. that would not source his words, you know. Right. But really it's kind of saying, you know, if you're going to if you're going to let laws be passed that take away your freedom and let yourself let yourself be poisoned and, and don't say anything uh, and keep eating that food, you know? Right. <laughs> keep getting your children vaccinated and all of that, then you you all deserve what you get, okay? So it is telling us that we do, we do have to be choosing uh, very different standards. Absolutely, yeah. Now, according to the information you access, <laughs> what's the main message we need to know for our time right now? I would say the main message is that it is it is critical. Our thoughts are critical. Our decisions are critical, because because we are on a on a precipice where we're either going to go into being completely controlled, or we're going to bring up bring paradise back here. And both potentials are very real. They're very alive. They're very active. I would like people to know they have paradise in the cells of their bodies that their cells remember it. And that you need to choose more. More of your choices need to be of that quality, in order for us to bring that bring that timeline here. That's my main message. Uh, and that's a beautiful message. And we're almost at the top of the hour, Angel. But before we say goodbye, I really would love it if you would tell our listeners how they can find out more about you, your work, and how and where they may purchase your book, A Time of Change. Thank you for that. Uh, they can go to my website, angelrose.com, A-I-N-G-E-A-L. They can order the book from a atimeofchange.info. Um, and also, you might, your listeners may want to know that I have opened up online group Akashic Records every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock Pacific. And people can listen and become part of those online groups for free. Uh, it's a service that I've decided to do, and they can do that by going to the theworldofempowerment.com, and you'll see a place where you can become an actual participant, Wor- worldofempowerment.com. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I like that. <laughs> yeah. okay. okay, listeners, we need you to spread the word. If you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, share it with your friends. Send the link to the show so that they can be made aware of all the wonderful things that are offered on this show. Every single one of my guests shares their time freely, and they give us a minimum of 60 minutes of their day to help us all. And as you are all aware, they do it at no charge. You pay nothing for the wisdom and knowledge that you receive here at Energy Awareness Radio from all of these wonderful guests who share their time and expertise with us. So please be sure to pass the word, make others aware, and share with your friends and family so they, too, will be able to grow and learn and make this world better for everyone. And, Gail, again, thank you so very much for sharing your time with all of us. You have provided a wealth of information that is just so enlightening and the book as I said to everyone earlier on the show a time of change it is so easy to read it's in a wonderful format the questions are there the answers are there it's they're transcripted from you know what she has channeled it's just great it's just wonderful you need to go out and check out this book you will learn a whole lot and it's an easy read and a fun read so it's something that everybody should really take a look at 
On, on behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in this evening. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another great show. So go ahead and mark your calendar now so you remember to tune in next week. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You'll find an archived list of past shows, the lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming events I'll be hosting throughout the year. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well. Thank you.